Hello and welcome to the JLD Entertainment Podcast with Jacqueline Lee Elliott. I'm really excited about this um, next guest, Miss Madeline, and she has been with the Dallas Cowboys uh, DCC for the past five years. Grew up in Utah in the United States where she began dancing and we are going to dive into her career and some of the amazing experiences and opportunities that she was given dancing one at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas, as well as working with so many major artists, um, some including Queen and Megan Trainer, Aerosmith, and so many more. I really hope you enjoy this podcast. I'm really excited for this. So please enjoy. Hey there. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm really excited that um, we could do this. How was your game the other week, jumping back into uniform? It went really good. I was nervous um, just because it's the first time I've been back. Like it was the first jump split I did since I got knee surgery a few months ago. Okay. So um, it was, I was slightly nervous, but Mm. um, it ended up working out great. Oh, good. Good, good, good. I've been doing some research um, the last couple of days, just looking at some things online, um, YouTube, just a couple of, of like big halftime shows that you that you did during your time with the Cowboys. So let's just jump straight into it, shall we? Yes. So I've got written down. So you grew up in Utah. When did you um, start dancing? Um, I My mom actually owned a dance studio, so I pretty much lived there. She would take me to dance with her. I always asked her, I was like, did I cry when I, like, the music would play? It's not like it's, like, a quiet thing at a dance studio. And she said, no, you loved it. Um, you never got fussy when we were at the studio. You would get fussy when we would leave, actually. And so she said, I used to pull myself up on the couch and bounce to the music. So I've been dancing since... I could pull myself up on the couch, but I've been actually training since I was like two and a half, three. And you trained in all styles of dance, ballet, jazz, palm, Broadway, contemporary, lyrical, hip hop. You've kind of tapped into everything, which most dancers do. How old were you when you decided that you wanted to set a goal and audition for the Dallas Cowboys? So I had seen the show when I was... I want to say little, but probably like 12, 13 is when, um, I really started to get into the show. It was the, it was one of the only dance shows. It started airing before dance moms did even, I think maybe it might have a few years on. So you think you can dance and if not have years on it, it was about the same time. And those were like the two first places that you saw dancers as like the center it wasn't a backup dancing situation, which is great. I always thought I was going to do that growing up. Um, I still would like to, but it was one of the first times I ever saw dancers like really pushed to the center and highlighted. And so I was super interested in it then. And then I just never thought I could actually do it. So I, I never put a lot of like focus into that. But when I was 18, um, I was a senior in high school my dad and I were watching a Cowboys game because uh, he's from Lubbock, Texas originally. So um, he raised me a Cowboys fan and uh, we were watching the Cowboys game and one of the cheerleaders popped on the screen and he now it's funny because I ended up being roommates with the girl that popped up on the screen. But at the time, I didn't know who she was. Um, I just knew she was a really pretty Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. 
And my dad kind of jokingly said, Maddie, you should go audition. And I said, yeah, right, dad, that would never happen. I could not do that. They are way too pretty. It's all these grown women that like have it all together. There's just no way. And my mom went into the kitchen, got on the computer, booked my ticket for auditions and my flight and her own flight. So she could come with me and came up to me at the end of the game and said, we're going to Dallas in May. And my dad was kind of bugged. He was like, wait, I don't, why don't I get to go to Dallas? I'm the Cowboys fan. And I said, why would we go in May? There's it's not even football season. And she said, well, you're going to audition to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. And I said, mom, I'm not going to make it. This is whatever. And she said, I'm not taking you there to make the team. That's not our goal. Our goal is to learn something, to grow, to enjoy ourselves and just to experience something new. And so I was like, okay, I can manage that. I can manage um, a new experience. Not too much pressure. (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't go into it with expectations of making it past even the first day. I was fully planning on and prepared to be cut after the first day. Me and my mom had talked about other things we were going to do in Dallas because the very first day we got there, we went on a stadium tour. And then the next day was the first day of auditions. And we had already planned things that we were going to do around Dallas once I got cut. <laughs> and so I just, I had Change no plans of making it past the first day. And then I made it past the first day. And then we went and we learned the routine the second day and the kick line. And I made it past the second day, which meant I had to stay there for a week in between. So we drove down to Austin and stayed with my grandma that lives. She doesn't live there anymore, but she lived there at the time with my Yaya. And we stayed there for a week. We choreographed my solo for finals. Um, and I came back up that next week and we had our, I had to go shopping for an interview dress and everything. Cause yeah. like I said, I was not planning on making it past the first day. So I was, I should have been smarter and like come prepared kind of, I luckily knew, uh, Cowboys stuff because I had grown up a Cowboys fan. Um, and I knew cheerleading stuff just cause that was always interesting to me. And I was always like, I did really well in school and stuff. So I thankfully all of the politics and stuff that they ask in interviews and stuff, I was prepared for just because I was still in high school. So it was still stuff we were like talking about in school. And, um, so I just, I got lucky with those scenarios that I, I was prepared in those ways and prepared dance wise, just because I've trained my whole life, but not prepared for the circumstances. So yeah, I came back, I auditioned at finals, um, did the interview portion and then I made it to training camp and I was so not expecting that to happen. I was just like in shock when they called my name and then I had to go graduate high school. So I flew home, graduated from high school and then drove my stuff back to Dallas and then I got cut. So it didn't work out that year. (laughs) It was a really good learning experience. Okay. So you get all of that, you get all that way and then you get cut, Mm -hmm. but you auditioned the next year. I did. So I, I've actually gotten to thank Kelly and Judy um, for cutting me. It was the most shaping year of my whole entire life. I would not be who I am today without that year. Um, I needed to figure out who I was as a person, what was important to me. Just being 18 is so young to move to a big city 
and be by yourself. I didn't know a soul here. So anyone that I met through Cowboys, those were like my people. Um, but I didn't know anyone else here. So it was kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, so I was out here for a month and a half for training camp and training camps, usually about two months. Um, so I was so close and I didn't realize how bad I wanted it until I got cut because I didn't have expectations. So I was like, Oh, I'm just going to go and enjoy myself and it's going to be great. And then I got cut and I was like, Oh wait, I really did want this. Yeah. So I went home, I worked my tail off for a year. Um, and I came back and you would have had that, those routines and choreography down pat that next year. Yeah. Cause I learned a month and a half of routines. So I luckily had some of those in my back pocket when I went around the second time and just the confidence of, they brought me here once I came really prepared this time. Yeah. Hopefully they'll do it again. And, um, luckily they did. And luckily me. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it's such a massive process as well. So like you said, you had that experience the the year prior. So you were able to kind of be super prepared that second year, which is, I think it's great going in absolutely prepared. I've been scanning through the 2020 making the team series, which is so different because COVID hits and their applications are all online from 45 States and nine different countries. And then All of those applicants who are successful have to turn up knowing 17 routines. I was like, well, I one love that because I'm a coach and I would, I love seeing people turn up knowing what they're meant to know. So I was intrigued just to kind of think, you know, did they, did they take any of that on for the future? Um, Because it just cuts so much time down just for training camp purposes. It was a very good learning experience. I think for all of us, we had, I had been through four training camps before that, um, that all had different things they brought to the table every year. There was always something new that got tweaked or fixed. Um, but that was like the biggest shift just Mm. because of COVID it was cut down to like a two and a half week training camp. Yeah. We were in a bubble. They had to make decisions. They didn't have time to see if girls could two and a half weeks. I mean, you can learn and you can grow, but there's only so much that you can learn and grow in two weeks. Mm. Um, especially under the pressure, it's not just going in. It's not like going to classes every day and just going to grow and learn. It's going and proving yourself that you are capable and prepared enough to represent one of the largest. And by one of the largest, I mean, the largest sports organization whole world. Um, and so it's, it's a lot of pressure and that sometimes can get to people. So to have to prove yourself with that kind of pressure in only two weeks, um, was a big shift, but it was very cool. So I, the veterans didn't go into training camp the first week with the rookies, but I got to head in that first week and help the rookies and kind of make sure they knew what they were doing before they headed into the main room. Um, I was in the breakout rooms, just kind of helping where I could. Uh, But it was very interesting to see them showing up, knowing those 17 routines um, to see how people learned them. Cause there was definitely things that I was like, Hey, make sure you do it like this. Cause I mean, it's so hard to learn over 
a zoom or a video and to not be able to ask details or hey what was that i could kind of tell but i i want to get clarity or how does this count go um but they didn't have that until we were in person so yeah. it was it was very interesting to see um very telling to see how people learn and grow in that environment but everyone did such a good job it was it was best case scenario in the circumstances we were in everyone um, pulled their weight and made sure that they were prepared for that training camp so as wild as it was it was history making it was the first time we've ever done a training camp that short and we still made a team out of it and we cheered a whole season um, we weren't on the field last year which was definitely different but it was it was really cool to us that they made it a priority that we were still at games yeah. uh, because there was a lot of teams. And by a lot, I mean, majority of NFL cheer teams did not cheer at games. And if they did, they were outside the stadium, like on stairs or on a stage. But we were one of the only teams cheering in our bowl. We weren't on the field, um, no boots on turf, but we they have decks that are in the end zones that we got to cheer on and it ended up working out great. Very different. And you've got to think outside the box and we've had two seasons now um, with our sport being altered and removed from the field and from the court. And yeah, you have to think outside the box and you still have to entertain the fans. And I think that's great that they were able to do that. Very grateful. Yeah. And also things you kind of look at and go, I really like that. Like we should incorporate more of that into game days and, that's how yeah. we evolve, right? Yeah, it was cool to hear Judy talk about it. She was like, it's, you guys are so visible up there. You like decorate the stadium so well. It It's just like you're the icing on top of the cake. And so it, they did, they learned a lot about just being able to kind of pull it out of nowhere and make it happen. Yeah. So. And touching on Kelly and Judy, phenomenal at what they do. They know what they're looking for each year. Like I said, I was skimming through making the team life in a bubble and just how full on that would have been for them as well as everyone else behind the scenes. But they know exactly what they want every year. It's awesome to watch, but yeah, I do really admire them. And then there's Kitty who is brought in as well. What is she like to, to work with? Cause she is very like straight down the line, very dry and she makes um, you work and she just calls you out really quickly. Yes, but in the best way. She's not wishy-washy. You know exactly what she wants from you. Kitty did not like me my first year, the year I got cut. She did not like me. And when I came back and I really put it out there, she was like, man, I am so proud of you for coming back, not being afraid of any of us because uh, we ripped you to shreds last year, but you came back stronger, better. That's that's kind of how I was trained growing up, just really straightforward. My mom is not maybe not as loud or vocal about it, but she will say, Maddie, that was not your best. Go do it again. Yeah. And so very honest. And it's the reason why I am the dancer I am today. So it was elevated because it was on a TV show mm -hmm. uh, in this circumstance, but I adore Miss Kitty. I ended up teaching for her for two years. Um, so wow. I taught at her studio for two years. I have a great relationship with her um, and her family. And I, I really do love them, but she, yeah, she's tough, but she's not wrong either. There'd be many choreographers that you've worked with, with the team, some really big names, name a few that you, that were really standout choreographers. Um, Travis Wall, did you ever get to work with Travis? 
Yes. So I got to work with Travis three, maybe four years. I adore him. I actually, the first time I ever took from Travis wall, I was seven. Uh, and it was at a dance convention and he wasn't teaching the kids classes. He was only teaching the like high school age. It was like middle school age and high school age class. Uh, and I had to audition in another contemporary class to go to his advanced class. Cause they were like, we are not sending a seven-year-old into this class. And my mom said, can she prove herself to you? Um, and they said, yeah, I guess like <laughs> totally didn't think that I, they would let me in. Um, and I took somebody else's class. I can't remember who it was now. Um, but I took somebody else's, it was like their advanced class, but Travis is just another level. Um, and they were like, oh, she actually held her own. So I got to go take Travis's class, but that was the first time I ever took his class. And then, yeah, with DCC, I adore him. He is a genius, just a good person too, which makes him that much better. Uh, but yeah, I love Travis. Talking about the artists that you had the opportunity to work with as well, for example, Queen, Megan Trainer, Aerosmith, Thomas Rhett, they're kind of the the videos that I just tapped into and had a look at. And I was like, as a dancer watching that, we'll start with Queen, right? So I think you're one of the first dancers to hit that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Me so, and Amy came in together. Yeah. Because uh, I, I saw the hair and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Maddie. <laughs> and I, obviously you've performed in front of huge crowds, you know, being um, at AT&T. But this is a stage. This is a full on Queen concert with Adam Lambert, full band lighting, screaming crowd. What is going through your mind when you're stepping onto that stage? Did you have in-ears in at all or were you just listening to foldbacks? So no in-ears. We had had a big um, rehearsal with the band earlier that day. Uh, It was really, really cool um, because Brian, their lead guitarist, um, who is I will say the nicest artist we've ever worked with. We've worked with a lot of really nice people, but he was so grateful that we were there, which was mind blowing to us because we were like, you are legends, like superstar, so far beyond what all like you're going to go down in history. Everyone knows your music. Like it just was crazy to us that he was like the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. We're so grateful that you're but here. But they are also so, so iconic as well. So yeah. it's like, and have, we definitely have our own history that has carried us to where we're at today for sure. But it just was wild to us that he was so like grateful um, the whole day. He thanked us probably 50 times that day, like wow. just constantly. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for dancing so hard. Thank you for practicing. Thank you. Just everything that he did. But we talked to him about how they end a song because it's different every single show. I was counting that. And I was like, this is it's his solo was going. And then I was watching the dances and I was like, there's eyes moving around. So you're all, you've all got your eyes on each other. Talk me through that kind of final part of that track. So he taught us how to kind of guide to him. With that being said, it was completely different than it was at rehearsal. So it was kind of like we had an escape route that we had all talked through. Um, us as leaders kind of came together and said, 
if this happens, this is what you do. If this happens, this is what you do. You make it work. We're going to just kind of roll with it. His guitar solo ended up going on longer than we had. It had happened at practice, but we just told everyone, just keep shimmering until that music ends. And it ended up working out great. Yeah. It, it looked wonderful. Yeah. It, but we actually came up with that routine, uh, within, we found out on, let me think. We found out on Thursday night, leaders got together Friday, Friday afternoon. We taught the team Friday night and we performed Saturday. No way. So it was kind of a crazy, like it didn't feel real when we were making it up. I was like, there's no way we're actually dancing with queen. Like it just was wild. It was the end of training camp. There was still like the rookies didn't get to perform with us uh, because they hadn't made the team yet. So it was just wild. Like we just kind of picked up and made it happen. Yeah. Uh, happen. I have never felt ener- like AT&T stadium on game day electric, but I have never felt energy like I did on that stage. And it was crazy to see the, it was like, I mean, it was Dallas. So it was all Dallas fans, but they were so excited to see us come out. And did I don't they know. know. Did they know that you guys were joining them? No. No. So it was a secret, Um, but it was exciting because I was like, these people came to see Queen and they were still excited to see us. Like it just, it was so mind blowing to me that anyone cared that we were even there. Cause I was like, Adam Lambert and Queen are here. Like I wouldn't, which I'm like, these are all my friends. So that's why I'm like, I wouldn't care if my friends were there, if Adam Lambert and Queen were there, but I get it. Cause like you said, there is that history behind all of it, but it just was so crazy to us. Um, I came off the stage and Kelly said, how'd it feel? And I said, I have never felt like I was like shaking, but like in the best way, she was like, you look like you're glowing. I said, I've never felt better in my whole life. That was wow. insane. Wow. Um, it was so beyond cool. Um, probably the coolest thing I'll ever get to do in my whole life. (laughs) It's no, I reckon you've got so many more great things ahead of of you, but I just the thought process and the self-talk and when you're on the stage and keeping your eye on things and listening and all of the things that you're processing at seconds, I was really intrigued to know what was the crowd like, because that would have been phenomenal. They just erupted as soon as they saw us, which was so cool. I just, I got chills all over. It was really cool though, because, uh, so obviously drummer stays on the drum kit. He can't move. He's stationary. Uh, Adam stayed on the main stage, but Brian came up the catwalk and performed in the middle of us. And Kelly and Judy said, you guys have free reign to interact with him. We want it to be natural. We want it to look like you guys are enjoying yourselves. So if you look at him and you're dancing and he's right there and you get like, feed into that we want that and so it was it was wild to be focused because you're still trying to be professional and do the choreography right but to like be able to interact with him and do that it was so so cool it was wild and he gave us he was so nice he gave us a a little private concert after we finished with our rehearsal um it's a song that he performs for freddie um, Mercury every concert um, he does like a little serenade on his guitar and he sings to him um, and he said I don't ever practice this usually I just do it at the performance but I was wondering if I could practice it for you guys and he How sang to us and it was 
beautiful. I cried. It was incredible. And then he saved our palm strands that fell on the stage um, and took pictures of them and posted them on Instagram and was like, look from my girls. And it just, it was wild how, how, lovely. how kind they were. I love that. I love those stories. How many years had you had you been on the squad when you got that opportunity? So that was going into my fourth year. Uh-huh. That was the training camp before COVID training camp. Okay. Okay. So, and then Megan Trainer is another great artist that you got to work with. She is yeah. great. And I loved her outfit. So, um, so this is a th- Thanksgiving halftime, a lot of Thanksgiving halftime shows. Yeah. Um, that's where we get to work with most of our artists. Yeah. Um, the only two on the list that you said that have been outside of that were Aerosmith and Queen. Yeah, so. right. And so on stage, this is big. For those who are listening to you and I, half times are 12 minutes. And this mm-hmm. segment went for over six minutes, like six and a half. So I'm assuming that it is like it would happen with a, a half time here. That stage is traveling quickly onto the field. And then all of the other things, like there's DCC, there's Megan, there's her backup dancers, there's the backup singers. I'm pretty sure I saw Rhythm and Blues, Drumline, and then there's Pyro and all of the technicians around. So was that a scramble just to get set? Yes. So the craziest thing with that year, um, usually we are the only, either we're the only dancers or it's the backup dancers and us separately. That year, they decided to let us audition to backup dance uh-huh. um, for Megan. So uh, me, Kashera, Rachel Wyatt, and Amber actually got to backup dance for her. So we had to um, leave during second quarter. We had to go change into what her backup dancers had on. So we went into the room with them with... Um, they, ha- they had stylists there and people to make sure everything was pinned and set and ready and make sure our hair was how they wanted it because that was the other crazy thing. So um, Charm LaDonna is Megan's choreographer yeah. and she is tough, but knows exactly what she wants and she delivers. She's incredible. She works with some really awesome artists, um, but she knows what she likes and she knows what she wants. And she said, I want everyone's hair slicked back. Well, my curls don't slick back. And I, the hard thing was I still had to cheer two more quarters of a football game. So I had to go up to her and say, I, I know you have a vision and I'm so sorry. I can't slick my hair. I'll pull it back as tight as I can, but my curls are still going to be my ponytail. Is that okay? And she said, yeah, I understand that you (laughs) have another job um, on game day to do. Uh, so she let me just pull it back tight. Um, and my curls were just out of my ponytail, but, um, it was wild to just go back and get ready really fast. Um, and it was fun to be able to see our teammates, um, up on the stage. And, uh, so, and and they were, they were also doing a lot of the curry that you guys were doing on the stage as well. So was that another short turnaround rehearsal or was that a longer rehearsal time? So they actually, they keep the artist, um, a lot of times just because it's, I mean, it's Thanksgiving and that's a hard day to nail down an artist. So sometimes it takes them a while to get the artist picked out or, um, whatever it is when it's just us performing, we choreograph it. 
Um, but because Megan had dancers, uh, her choreographer charm came in and did everything for us, um, which was, it was really, it was a really fun experience to get to do everything like that, that year. But we actually had a longer time that year than we usually do. Um, with that being said, it was like a week and a half preparation uh-huh. instead of a day. <laughs> so still nothing like crazy long, but longer than normal. Yeah. That was a great performance. Like that was, there was a lot going on there. I love there, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so stinking cute. She actually walked up to me at rehearsal and she goes, baby, how old are you? I said, <laughs> at the time I was 22. I said, I'm 22. She said, you just look like you're 15, but we're so happy to have you oh, gave wow. me the biggest hug. And then the next day when she showed up at rehearsal, she like remembered my name. I was like, you've gone above and beyond. I was not expecting that. Um, so That's she was nice. so sweet. Yeah. yeah they were Thomas Rhett, this is, bu- this is a busy performance. Like this was a lot of Cory. So one of the winners of the Country Music Awards performs another Thanksgiving halftime show. Is it maybe your second year? Uh, that was, how's me just stalking your career? <laughs> no, I, I love it. You, you're helping me out. Cause I always have to think about what year things happened. Cause they all start to run together. Yeah, I bet. But yes, I think that was my second year. So this is another six minute segment and it's big. There's a lot going on. There's a travel down the center catwalk thrust. And I think I spotted out one of our Aussies, Angela, but I'm not too sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, that was her last year okay. was Thomas Rhett. Yeah, right. Um, so obviously, Ange is a former N- NRL dancer. I used to actually gig with Ange when we were in our 20s. Okay. And um, actually, I lied to you. Angela was the year I didn't make the team was her last year. Uh-huh. It was Janelle that was on the team that year. Oh, Janelle. Okay. Janelle that was on the catwalk. Okay. They're, they look similar. Yes. Both yes. tan pretty hair with like blonde highlights yeah they're both stunning yeah and and I used to gig in our 20s all the time she was talking about auditioning for Dallas and so I would sit there every time we'd gig together we talk about you know what's the process when are you going over visa auditions so yeah that was super exciting to see her make the team she was supposed to be my leader the year I didn't make the team I got put in her group and then I didn't make it so it didn't work out but I love her yeah, she's great. So this performance, I love the choreography, especially to the song. It was in, in particular T-shirt. Um, that was my so favorite because there were so many accents in that song. So all the curry was very cute, like grab, grab, little shoulder, shoulder pops. Um, but there, there was a lot going on. So was this another week of rehearsals? Was there a bit longer for this? Um. I'm trying to think when we found out, we always get so anxious and we're like, tell us, tell us, tell us. And sometimes they genuinely don't know. Um, and sometimes they just want to keep a secret from us until they're like, for sure, for sure, we're good to go. Um, Cause we have had artists switch out um, mm-hmm. in the past. So they always like to be like, we're definitely doing this before we set a whole halftime. Uh, and I feel like that year we found out probably probably a week and a half in advanced so we had there then there was time for at the time that was my second year so I wasn't in leadership yet until the next year uh so that year the leaders 
choreographed the routine and then taught it to all of us. So yeah, we had about a week and a half to get that one together. Um, but it was so fun. Thomas read his babies. It was right when, um, he had just had his baby and Willa Gray was there and they were in baby cheerleader uniforms and it was so sweet. It was so fun. How lovely. I love that. It was a great, that was a great performance. And then Aerosmith, massive. Mm -hmm. Talk me through that because I didn't get to write many notes on that. Yeah. How was that experience? Because that's huge. It was crazy. So that was, uh, that was my second year as well. Actually, that might've been, might've been the summer after my first year. So it was still like, I was still fresh, brand new cheerleader. Um, and it was a private concert, uh, for AT&T. They were having a, because it's AT&T stadium, they wanted to have it there. Uh, but Aerosmith was putting on a private concert for, um, I don't know if it was, business execs or exactly who was there. Um, but it was wild. So we found out about that, which it was only a like one routine. So it wasn't anything too crazy to figure out, but we learned about that with like a week, mm-hmm. uh, a week's notice. And it was wild. Steven Tyler was so nice. He actually had two of the cheerleaders go into his um, dressing room and take pictures with him and the band. And they came back and they were like, he was so cool. And then when we were backstage before the show started, because we were like the third or fourth song in the set, he was back there. We were back there the whole time. And we, um, it was funny because my senior year of high school, we danced to dream on um and we had we swept our competition like our final competition um with that song and then it was the song right before we danced uh and so I got to listen to dream on backstage for Aerosmith and I had just danced to it a year earlier in high school it was just the craziest like full circle moment but he was so kind came and took pictures with us in the back give everyone hugs and cheek kisses and he just was he was so I love that it was it was a really cool experience so many wonderful opportunities that come with being part of that squad as you know there are many squads but this in particular back to game day I've been to a game I was there back in 2018 um and it was around November because I had just finished some Thanksgivings in Chicago and LA flew to Dallas to meet a girlfriend and then we went to one of the games And like you said, the atmosphere is electric and incredible. And it's such a huge production. You're offered the point of the triangle. Mm -hmm. What is that? That's a huge honor. Yeah, that was crazy going from not making the team to being the point. It just was something I never would have thought would have happened for me. Because it's such a huge shock. It's such a massive, it's such a massive show. There is so much going on and I just could not believe how busy it is on that ground. You've got the teams, you've got the officials, there's media, it's full on. And I loved it. And my question for you was being part of, you know, that that's such a massive responsibility there. I mean, all the positions are, but you're, that's, you know, center. Yeah. What is that like when you've got everyone in front of you? Like you're the show, but everyone is capturing all of those moments, media, officials, production. What is that like? Um, it's kind of surreal. You, 
it's weird because I mean, it's the coolest opportunity. And I was just so grateful that Kelly and Judy trusted me with that, mm-hmm. that because that's such a, I mean, anyone that comes to a game sees that that's what we're representing the face of the team. And they were trusting me enough to be right there um, to lead my team. So it was definitely surreal. It's you just like, you kind of zone out from everything Mm -hmm. because there's so much going on that I, by that time, I don't have to think about the dance, what I'm doing. I've at that point, I had been doing it for four years. Um, I could do that routine in my sleep uh, or backwards if I needed to, Mm -hmm. maybe in my sleep backwards if I had to. But it just was like a wild scenario to not have anyone. You don't have anyone in your peripheral either because they're behind you. So it just is kind of a crazy, you feel like you're almost dancing alone, but you can feel the energy of your teammates behind you. And you know that like they've got your back. Uh, We have, we yell at each other during the dance. Um, So it was weird for me because I was used to like telling everyone start over when you hit that halfway point that like, you got to bring the energy back. And, um, so I was used to doing those things and I couldn't cause I, that would have been right on the jumbotron. Um, so I, I had to get used to those things about like, you smile, Maddie, you don't get to yell at your friends. You don't get to help hype them up because you, your face is right there. Yeah. People will see your mouth moving. So those were some funny things to kind of get used to, but, um, I was very grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. How special we spoke earlier last month about how being unique within the squad, um, with certain interests can really connect you to the, to the NFL fans, especially the Cowboys fans. For example, you're a Marvel fan from, and so I was really interested. How did that, you know, that interest and that hobby of yours that you thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't share it. How, once you did share it, how did that kind of connect you to that community with the Cowboys? Yeah. I thought when I came here the first time, which was part of my problem, why I wasn't ready to be on this team, um, was I thought they wanted picture perfect cookie cutter cheerleaders that um, only liked the cool things and only acted cool and were professional all the time. And when I came back, I realized they just wanted individuals that could connect with people. That's literally our job um, to be the liaison between the team and the fans. We're right in the middle and we're supposed to be able to hype up the team, but also hype up the fans and be able to be that connection and that in-between moment Um, because the players are more at a distance, um, just accessibility-wise. We have a lot more opportunity to meet fans and to get to know kids at kids' camps or different things like that, whereas the players, they're separated from that. They play football. They do – volunteer opportunities, um, a lot, and they're great at those things, but they, they're not always with the community, um, which is our job. So it, when I realized that, that I'm supposed to be the person that connects with the people, it made my life so much easier. Cause I was like, I can be myself. I can connect with people. I, I can get along with anyone. We all have something in common. We just have to figure out what it is. 
Um, and something I have in common with a lot of people is I adore Marvel. I adore Star Wars. It was stuff I grew up on. Um, and I'm a huge nerd when it comes to that stuff. So it just helped me really connect with, it's so funny how many people, um, will go into my DMS and I will find things and be like, did you see the new Spider-Man movie or did you see black widow? And, um, that we can have conversations and like real world conversations, um, about something that doesn't have too much weight in it. It's just something fun. It's something light that I've grown up on and loved. And I feel like it's something that a lot of people grow up on and love. And so it was a really great way for me to connect with those people because we have a very large Cowboys slash Star Wars slash Marvel fan base. I love that. I love that. So you finish with DCC, you finish your fifth year, I believe. Yep. And then you move into the all-stars. Just talk us quickly through what an all-star means and still the opportunities that you're able to have with that. So all-stars, once you retire, Cowboys cheerleader staff goes in and decides uh, who they want to invite. It's an invite only situation. So we don't audition for it. It's kind of just based off of I guess we do kind of audition for it. It's how they see us the however many years we cheered, they kind of study what what we do, how we do it, um, and if we do it well enough to carry on um, without re-auditioning. So I was um, invited this year to be an all-star. And all-stars are there to, I like to call us spare cheerleaders. We're there to kind of hop in and help out when we can. If someone's sick, injured, family emergency, any scenario like that. Luckily, we've all been here long enough that we know every spot. We know every ripple in the routines. We can, we all learn pretty quick after you work and learn as many dances as we do that muscle in your brain just kind of keeps yeah. doing that. So we just have kind of worked ourselves um, into a preparedness that we can hop in whenever they need us. And it's a great middle ground that I can still be a part of the organization and a part of the team, but get to explore some of the other things um, in my life that I've wanted to put time and energy into. Yeah. So it's been um, a very happy medium. So what is next for you moving forward now? Like you said, exploring some different things that you've now got the time to do. What's on the horizon? What are you working towards? Uh, so I have been, I've been traveling and choreographing a lot, a lot, almost like three fourths of the weekend in every month I've been choreographing um, for the last like six months. So I've been traveling or um, studios and high schools here, lots of studios and high schools and some colleges in Utah. I've been lucky enough to do Zooms with uh, you guys over in Australia. But yeah, I've been been very, very busy and it's been wonderful. It's um, it's something I didn't get to do a lot with uh, DCC just because our football season is right when studios and high schools and Colleges are getting ready for competition season, and that's when they need their dances choreographed. That's when they need football routines. That's when they need all the things that I um, I can do is then. So it's been nice to be able to kind of dive into those things, but also still be a part of football season here um, because I, I have a little bit more of a flexible schedule now. So I'm hoping to continue to do that. I hope the world can come to a healthy place um, and this COVID thing can 
be be gone over and I know yeah. over and done with soon so that but, we can all just yeah get back to normal yeah but I'm hoping to continue to travel um go some new places uh, meet some new people and continue to do this because uh it truly brings me so much joy some of the people I looked up to the most growing up this is what they did full-time uh and so I would love to be able to um do that because I love it yeah, I'm really excited to see um, where you go and what you do. And it sounds like choreography is a big thing that you are loving pursuing as well. Go and do it. I'm excited. I'm excited to see your journey because you're such a standout and beautiful person and still so young. The world is your oyster. Thank you so much. Yeah, but thank you so much for spending your time with me, your evening, my morning. It's been great to just kind of dive a bit more into your career and find out a bit more about you and all the great things you've done. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you for listening. You can stay up to date on all things JLD on Instagram and Facebook at JLD Entertainment and myself at Jacqueline Lee Elliott. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're a small business and you would like a little shout out or if there is someone in particular that you would like to hear from and hear their journey, get in touch. You can find me on Instagram or you can head over to the website and the contact details are all over there. Thank you and have a wonderful day. 